time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Matthews trying to steal the puck back. Has to come all the way back to center. He was being hooked, but no call. Here are the Coyotes in front. They score. Oh, my. Matthews is livid. Yeah, me too. Quite honestly, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. 5-4 is the final to the Coyotes. Gord, I I don't know where you're at after this one. We always love doing the walk to the subway. It would be an angry, cantankerous walk to the subway for me tonight. I mean, I started the night angry about the Leafs goaltending. I ended angry about the officiating. How are you doing on this lovely Thursday evening? Well, you wouldn't be walking the subway. You'd be trying to go to that area where you could possibly throw something at the officials going off the ice. And we never encourage that, by the way. I know no, you don't either. Okay, so there's, there's, there's positives, negatives to talk about. But let, let's get to this. Kendrick Nicholson and Brandon Blandina. Now, Major Name League Baseball, they, yeah, they, but they negotiated a deal today, Major League Baseball, with the players. Do the officials not get paid for overtime? Do we have a problem here? <laughs> Like, seriously, like, are you serious? Are you really an NHL official? Are you freaking serious? Are you serious? Seriously. Like, it happened last night in the Washington-Edmonton game near Mm -hmm. the end. One was missed, uh, uh, Ovi, on a play on Zach Hyman, and and Washington tied it up. And uh, then then, uh, Edmonton won in overtime, so it kind of made it all good that way. And, hey, you know, this game could have gone either way, and, and, uh, you know, had you – called the penalty probably odds are favor on the least but whatever i i like i i'm beyond stunt like this is a game that you, you officials you had no you didn't have to be a factor it was a game that the game was being played out there everything was fine and just as i have disdain for calling things you don't see sometimes they'll call by the reaction of the crowd if you don't see it you don't see it so be it right in front of you are you serious anyway so yeah beyond brutal Beyond brutal and, and, and not being a homer about it. I, 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 it bothers me at any level of hockey at any caliber that an unnecessary, brutal officiating gaffe comes into play. So well, that's, think, how I, that's how I feel about that, Brent. I, I think the other problem with it, too, is that, you know, and I know there, were, there was one penalty called in the game. It was the bench miner on the Leafs for their challenge that didn't work out. But when you call no penalties throughout the game, at a certain point in time, you, say, you sit there and whether you say it to yourself out loud or you just know it in your heart as an official, you go, well, the next one I call is going to be really important, so it better be really egregious. And then you get to a point where you haven't called a penalty into overtime and you say to yourself, well, I can't decide the game like this. If I blow, if I blow the play dead, that's going to decide the game. The Leafs are going to get a power play and they're going to win. Guess what? You decided the game the exact opposite way by, by not doing it. So we, we have this conversation all the time. I, generally speaking, have no problem with a little bit of a let them play ethos. You cannot blow a call that bad. And, and you nailed it right in front of you. You don't see it. You don't see it. But it was right in front of you. And that, that's what, what just drove me nuts. Now, Gord, I think you know there's two pretty big goaltending stories we could talk tonight. Uh, I, I got all worked up and angry. So we can do the Peter Morazic thing. Or we can talk about the happy Leafs goaltending score, story that, uh, that we saw tonight. Where do you want to go with this? 
Okay, and first to tie a bow on it, uh, I believe uh, they are the abyss best officials in the world, and it is the most difficult game to officiate. So I'm going to say that big picture about the NHL officials I have a lot of respect for. Um, so if we're doing it, you know, time capsule-wise and starting at the start, <laughs> um, is Peter Mrazek this year's Michael Hutchinson? <sighs> like, starting to feel that way, Gord. Just, um, it's, um, yeah, I, I take it he'll play on, on Sunday, and... Um, I don't know. He just, he, you know, I, I use that word. You kind of kid me about it. And so would Nick Elberga and so would Mark <laughs> Savard and Todd Olushko and about deportment. There's the, I, I just like looking at a goaltender's deportment, how they look, right? Yep. How they move, how they make easy saves, how they handle the puck, a lot of things. So that Freddie Anderson, he was calm, cool, collected in that regard. Peter Mrazek's never made me comfortable with his deportment. No. And early on, and Elliot and that and, and highlighted on TV, like, his first couple of easy saves, he just didn't look comfortable. And then he was flat out brutal. And, um, yeah, just uh, unfortunate, like really, really unfortunate that way. There's not much, you know, you and I keep saying we hope we're not talking extensively about goaltending again, but we can't avoid it, a storyline. But I got up this morning. I did not think I'd be talking about Eric Schalgren tonight. i got to be <laughs> honest with you, Brent. I'm starting to wonder what the hell happened to Joe Wall, which is another story. Apparently this guy's outplayed Joseph Wall, so – you know, that's disappointing because you keep looking for can you develop a goaltender from within. But then you're saying maybe, maybe this guy, who ironically was a seventh-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes a few years ago, and the Leafs just signed him this offseason. He's, he's older. He's 25 to come over, you know, from Sweden. He's been the number one goaltender on the Toronto Marlies. And unless you follow the Marlies a lot, you wouldn't be up on that. And, and, that was, uh, and he was a nice story tonight, how he played in what was a good way to get his feet wet initially down four one. But then when there was pressure out there uh, about, uh, you know, coming up and making some big saves. Yeah. You, I, I do the Marley's minute on our Sunday show every week and I wasn't even giving him any love. That's how, that's how kind of a non-factor he was expected to be. Uh, yeah. I want to, I want to give Eric, Eric Schalgren uh, his flowers. Cause man, he, uh, he came in, in a really tough spot and he, uh, he dealt with it very well. But before we move on from that, I do want to hear from Peter Morazic. He's spoken post game. So let's hear from the Leafs starter tonight. Peter, what was your sense of, of your, your game tonight? Well, it started with the first goal. Early on, uh, you know, bad, uh, bad rebound there. And, uh, you know, that set the game. I think I, uh, you know, I didn't help uh, the team go through the first period where it could easily go, uh, you know, 0-0. Zero, zero. This was a big opportunity for you with Jack uh, sideline for the next couple of weeks. Was there any nerves going into this? No, I don't think there was any nerves. You don't, you don't think about those things. And I uh, just, you know, you treat it like another game and, uh, you know, that was easy, like I said, easy for a save. The blockers, you know, go, should go in a corner and the game would be different. The mindset to flush it and move on, how you Yeah, just to move on and, uh, you know, have a good practice tomorrow and uh, and go from there. Uh, you know, those those things happen. So I've been in this, uh, uh, you know, situation before and uh, I'm not worried about it. How would you describe what happened on the second goal? Uh, you mean the two-on-one there? Or I, I don't know if it was two-on-two. Uh, yeah, I just you know I I I thought I was too much too aggressive on on Kessel there, and I uh, didn't you know didn't get back uh, on the back door. On that first one, are you just being is that the same thing kind of you're being too aggressive trying to block it into the corner? No, I don't I don't think I was too aggressive on that one. Uh, I just hit uh, you know inside of the blocker instead of the the outside, and and my momentum was going uh, on the blocker side, and you know it went it went on my glove side. So 
uh, you know, can happen. I think it's those, those saves are uh, easy saves and, uh, you know, how many times uh, that's going to hit your inside blocker and go on the far side. So not the night I wanted. Were you surprised to, to be removed from the game uh, knowing that you had a young guy backing you up or did you sense that might happen? Well, you know, you know uh, it can happen uh, when it's 4-1. Uh, you still have half of the game, uh, you know, different momentum for the guys and, and uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't sharp enough uh, to to finish the game. Did you say anything to Shogren? Did like what's your relationship with him? Do you know him well at all? Yeah, you know, uh, I've been here for a while, so uh, uh, we talk a few times, and uh, uh, you know, I haven't I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna chat about it tomorrow and and uh, move on. You said you've been in this situation before. What can you take from the past that will help you kind of? Flush this one before you I think uh, you know my mentality is pretty good with with those things. So just forget about that. Uh, you know what happened happened. It's a past, and uh, uh, you know let's look forward. And I'm excited for you know other games coming up. There is Leafs goaltender Peter Mrazek following the 5-4 overtime loss to the Coyotes. Uh, Mrazek allowing four goals on 12 shots before getting yanked, giving way to Eric Schalgren. You know, I it's funny, I, I would never think of it as a positive, Gord, but he did touch on it at the very end there as a guy who's been a part of tandems, as a guy who throughout his NHL career has been inconsistent. If anybody knows how to bounce back and how to deal with games like this and runs like this, it's a goaltender like Peter Morazic. You know, this isn't a young guy who's never been through this. You hope he can lean on that experience to turn it around because it's just, you know, we, we knew he was a streaky goalie. It's just we'd like to see the streak go the other way occasionally. It's just been streaking downwards this season. Yeah, and we know it's done in other NHL cities, but not so much here. I mean, he had three wins a little while ago, but he's never really given you that, you know, solid kind of performances back to back to back. Hey, I got to tell you, Brent, I like that he faced the media. For um, sure. And I also like his answers. Uh, I, I like that there seems to be a genuine confidence that really, the as he mentioned, that first goal was was so brutal. Like it, it, the, the blocker punt, like the little blocker punch he was going to make to the corner that everyone was expecting. Instead, put it right on the coyote sticks and then you know after that the goals i don't know if they weren't as horrible i, I don't know i'm tired of dissecting them all but anyway yeah he was brutal so we we'll just leave it at that and yeah i i gotta think he's going to get the start on sunday and let's see where we go from the from there at least you know jack campbell's very on been very honest and it's a little concerning even though we have empathy about the the um confidence challenges that he has had and he's feeling a little bit now and, and Peter Morazic never says that right he just kind of is he's he's ready to go he's not feeling any pressure he just didn't play well tonight see I'm I am curious what what happens Sunday you know I I still think cooler heads prevail and in all likelihood it's probably Morazic because you don't want to put Shalgren in in a weird spot or maybe it's Joe Wall who goes there but it's just you you asked the question off the start of the show and I don't think we're quite there yet but we know how goaltending can affect the, I mean it can affect any team but we've seen it affect this team with this group of players where when the bad goal goes in early it can kind of sink them and you know I'll give them credit it didn't it didn't do that tonight they were able to have the pushback but I just wonder if you do have to and we know Campbell's not going to be available for two weeks of course the easy thing to do in that time would have been okay Mrazic you're getting almost all the starts go have fun go on a run get comfortable but 
I, I don't know how much longer you can keep saying, okay, go on a run and get comfortable. And I, I realize your only options in-house right now are a guy like Shalgren or a guy like Joe Wall. But I, I do wonder how much more run you can kind of give Morazic, especially without having a guy like Campbell there. Like it, it's, I, I think it's a fair question to ask, but I do think it will be Morazic who gets the start Sunday. Yeah, well, the roster move today, you know, I was a little surprised, so I checked into Joe Wall a little bit more. So he's not going to be called up. They don't think he's the guy right now. Otherwise, he would have been up. I think that's people's first reaction because that's what we've heard about him, you know, being a, hopefully an heir apparent to play in the National Hockey League. Uh, the other part is that there is no desperation. I don't know if that's just a bad thing in some some ways, uh, but it's certainly a good thing because uh, they are home and cooled out as far as getting in the playoffs. Where they finish uh, remains to be seen. So there isn't the pressure like, oh, my goodness, like uh, Minnesota was having when they're sliding and the goaltending was being yeah. ordinary or – you know what have you? You're you're you've got a cushion that way. You, yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to start Peter Morazic on Sunday. You've got you you've committed to this particular player, and you've got to commit an element of of confidence. And you know we're in it with you still longer to try to try to get that comfort zone. Which yeah, let's face it, that's not Duckett. He has not been able to find so far. Well, and I think the other important thing about you know the goaltending. What if that's Peter Morazic? If that's one of these kids who who gets in here for for a spell of games uh, to to kind of go hand in hand with Morazic? I think it's really important for Jack Campbell not to feel like one he has to come back to save the season. I mean, we just did this thing last year with Freddie Anderson in a groin injury, and did he come back too soon? And what's too soon? And do you want to push it? And you know, you you just talked about the way Campbell is, the how he feels, the you know the weight on his shoulders, that kind of thing, and I just think you you can't have a world where and obviously the team would kind of make the final medical decision I understand that but I just think you have to find some stabilization because you can't have Campbell coming back and thinking that he's got to be uh you know the the guy who's going to save the world here he needs to just kind of be the goalie when he comes back as opposed to the guy who needs to get things back on track and he's the only hope for the team like that that's to me why it feels just as important as of course getting Morazic going yeah, you, you've, you've kind of tweaked an interesting memory for me, Brent, uh, uh, Brent in that, um, you know, last year, Freddie Anderson, um, the only time ever that he kind of seemed to speak uh, critically about the team, and I, I have to get my, my uh, memory here about the game, but I believe it was in Ottawa, and Michael Hutchinson just got off to a terrible start. Yep, and Freddie came in, remember? Yep. And, and it seems like Freddie felt he wasn't ready physically healthy to come in because after that he wasn't healthy the rest of the season and he made some kind of remark some kind of mm -hmm. cryptic remark about that and I think he was pissed that he got put in that situation which is you know not in 2021 last year that's that's really not the way things operate that's not my understanding the way the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, above all with NHL teams operate so yeah it, it in so your point about you, know, you don't want to believe Jack Campbell feels pressure that maybe he's not. Again, the 100% thing is when you're 100% healed versus your 100% um, game ready. I mean, yeah. you got Ben Simmons going through that in the NBA. He's claiming a little back problem. Then he's not quite ready to come back and get the booing booed mercilessly <laughs> tonight. But, uh, yeah, so, it, but it's funny in Campbell's case about, you know, like, like Freddie, who was the consummate, you know, what a great four years he had of the five here in Toronto. And uh, eventless, you know, and yep. uh, as far as anything negative went and yeah, it just it, it got off the rails last year and he never got back on. And I, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Jack Campbell, but that's all what it seemed with Freddie at that point. It was just something that was a little, you know, week or two or something. And 
he was he was never the same. No, he he wasn't. And, and man, it's funny. You know, we think back to Freddie's slow starts and oh, did Freddie have a bad month of October? We'd be killing for a bad Freddie Anderson month. The way the way things are going in in the Leafs net uh, right now, you, you hope they can find a way to figure it out. Hey, maybe as soon as Sunday, that'd be nice. That's when the Leafs are back at it. They will be technically on the road, but uh, closer to home than Buffalo is uh, in Hamilton for the Tim Tim Hortons Heritage Classic. Uh, of course, our crew will be down there. You and I will be handling the intermissions and pregame and master control. Uh, before we just kind of tie a bow on goaltending here, I do want to pick up uh, again on what you said. Kudos, Eric Schalgren. That is such a tough spot to come into. Uh, you're you're making your NHL debut. You're getting into a game. You probably had no expectations of getting into it. And not only do you find yourself having to basically pitch a shutout. I mean, he's unable to do that eventually in overtime. But you end up in three on three. Uh, he he really handled himself well. And hey, it's one game. I'm not going to make a mountain out of it. But but that gives you confidence that that guy you know potentially has a future in this league. Well, yeah, one game. I mean, we saw Garrett Sparks do the same, right? So, so uh, you know, yeah, we have to <laughs> uh, be a little bit hesitant. But I, I've seen so many times, Brent, to the point that the heir apparent, I mean, that's really how Jordan Bennington got his chance with St. Louis. Philly yeah. Huso, who's playing so well now, Bennington was below him on the depth chart a few years ago. But Huso was hurt, hadn't played well, and Bennington got the call, and he won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, you've seen it in other organizations for years and years and decades and decades. So, all of a sudden, you're looking at a guy that I think very few fans were completely aware of, and even fewer were aware that he was the number one guy ahead of Joseph Wall with the Marlies. And come out, and you're saying, okay, let's see what he can do. Why not him? Why not hey. him? It's kind of what James Reimer did. I'd take James Reimer goaltending right now. San Jose would take James Reimer goaltending right now. He's, he's not going to get you a Vezina trophy, but that seventh game against the Boston Bruins, unfortunately, paints an unfair brush about James Reimer being a steady goaltender. Yeah, I mean, hey, crazier things have happened in this league. I'm, I'm not calling him Jordan Bennington yet, but I'm definitely not telling him that, that he can't be. Uh, you know, we've seen guys go on runs. You know, we think back to Michael Layton making runs with the Flyers and crazy, crazy things have happened in this league. And yeah, of course, the, the most obvious example of that recently is Jordan Bennington uh, kind of coming out of nowhere with the Blues onto their uh, cup run. It was not a cup win. It was, quite frankly, a loss at home to the Coyotes tonight. 5-4 is the final for the Leafs at home. Brent Gunning, Gordon Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. We'll continue right after this on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. CJCL Toronto. Blue and white at night. We this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. Trying to make some sense of a 5-4 overtime loss to the Coyotes. You've heard us break it down. Let's hear. I have a feeling he's going to be very opinionated. Let's hear what Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe has to say. Uh, sorry, you wanted from Peter, but uh, you did find out something about Colgren through some difficult circumstances. It was great. It was calm, cool, collected. Big saves. It was looked really confident for a guy going for his first start in those circumstances with no heads up. I thought he looked excellent. Uh, he didn't get tested a lot, and then when he did, he was really good. Obviously, I think he can do at all on the winning goal, but uh, he kept us alive with that save in overtime just before that. Gave us a chance to, uh, to win the game the other way with Will's breakaway. So, great showing by him. He should be proud of himself. Uh, how disappointing was Sheldon? Is it hours after saying there's a great chance for Morazic that he comes out and plays like 
Yeah, it's tough. I'll also say it's, it's, it's tough. What was your thought process as you're weighing that decision? Because obviously not ideal, obviously, to throw a target in there, but what did you see that you had to look at? Well, I, I, to be honest, I wanted to do it after two. I, I thought it was a tough position to put Shalgren in, you know, hoping that we can just, you know, find some um, find some level ground, you know. Um, I obviously challenged that second goal, partly because I thought maybe there's, you know, there has been some of these offsides that have come, up, come back when the puck is a little bit off the stick. Um, but also partly I just, so I thought there's a chance maybe it comes back and, and gives us a, an opportunity or I thought uh, if we have to kill a penalty, maybe that gets us life and gets us going and gets our guys rolling a little bit and gets their attention. Um, so, you know, it's a tough, that's a tough hole for us there to start with. Um, so, you know, with the third and fourth goal, I think there's a lot Peter can do on those. Uh, so, but it just when you give up the first two like that, you can't you can't give up three and four. You got to got to find a way to make the saves for us in in that case. But uh, yeah, at that point, I think it was it was obvious we needed to change. What's your sense that, on how it affects the players in, in front of the goalie on nights like this when it's going in crazy? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard mentally. You know, guys, you guys, you know, um, takes I mean, we didn't really. It's two minutes into the game, the first one there, and that's a, that's a tough one. And it's maybe as tough a goal we've given up maybe all season. That's a start start the game. Um, so that's just tough. Takes wind out of the sails for sure. There's no doubt about it. But uh, all our guys are pros. They got to find ways to gather themselves and keep playing. Um, and credit to them, you know, for the, the the effort they put forth in the third period. Didn't lay down. Kept pushing. Had plenty of opportunities to win the hockey game. Uh, in regulation and, and didn't get a huge point. You know, Eric gives us a great chance to counter and get a good luck to get the second point. And it doesn't go our way. They get one the other way. So that's, that's the way those overtimes go. I love the fight in our team. Love the performance by Eric Schalgren here today. Great, great job by him. Um, you know, we're just going to have to push push by this one. It's, it's, nine, it's nine games in 11 with at least four goals. Going that. I mean, I know you don't build up your guys, but how concerned are you by the goaltending with Peter? You know, hurt or Peter struggling now. Jack out, and then you got a rookie. Like, how how much of a concern is this? Well, it's. I mean, you know, today was a great opportunity for for Peter really to to get going. Um, you know, uh, so that's it's disappointing that you know he's a pro. He's been around a long time. Played a lot of games. He's played a lot of good goal. Um, so we, you know, we, we have confidence in him as a, as an organization, and we need him to to find himself. You know, how concerned am I? I mean, obviously, um, my concern continues to be the team that plays in front of the goalie, and then you know how, how we can set the goal, the goalie, no matter who's in net, up for success. Uh, Peters, through his career, has been a, a better goaltender than he has been here for us. Um, so we have to own part of that, and we got to help him uh, be the goalie that he. That he has been through his career. Did you see, did you see enough from Shogger tonight to be able to say, "Then that's yours, kids." <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, let's let, let's let's give him some time to enjoy the night, and you know, uh, who, I mean, he's out in 
his family there. I don't know, who knows whether his family's even watching the game, you know, like, let's give him a chance to connect with people and talk about this experience here. But um, with the time that he was in the net, he, he made our team feel comfortable and confident. So that was, that's a goalie's job. Uh, I think our fans recognize that. And uh, our fans are terrific. I loved how they welcomed him uh, into the game and, and uh, gave him and our team a boost. Um, so yeah, it's a great, it's a great performance by him uh, for sure. You know what it means going forward. I mean, obviously he doesn't have a great deal of experience here, but we need to, we need to find stability there. Fans were happy with the officiating and over time, what do you think of it? You guys all saw that, you know, you don't, you don't need me. You guys can all talk about it and write about it. You don't need me to, to comment on that. Generally speaking though, like, like last night, there was a similar play to McDavid, right? You know, Washington, Boston tonight. Like, did the Stars get the respect from the officials? That Again, you guys watch the game. So I'll, I'll allow you guys to make your own assessments of that. You know, our guys, it's on us and our players find ways through that. That last answer there could have been boiled down to, I would like to keep my money in my wallet. Thank you very much. I would not like to pay a fine for commenting uh, on the officials. You guys saw it. You all know. Yeah, he feels the exact same way we do. Uh, man, Gord, I I thought I was tired of talking about Leaf School attending. That right there, that is a man who would like to go one day without having a a town hall debate about his goaltending. I mean, you know, he, look, he, a lot goes into coaching an NHL game. You're going to be tired. You're going to be wiped, especially one like that. But he sounds really, really done with that topic of conversation. And I don't blame him one bit. Yeah, because it's not done. And, uh, you, you know, just in our, our Steve fell on the stats whiz. I mean, look at this. That's right. Uh, he's got the worst save percentage in a calendar month in Leafs history. Now, granted, we're only about a little over half, about halfway, about halfway in March or a third of the way in March. So Can point being is all the other ones in the top five, I was there. I know what the eighties were like. Okay. It was horrible. And also say percentages were lower in general. They just were goaltendings improved so much, but right now, right now, so far in March, third worst save percentage in a calendar month of 0.836. The worst is in March, 1982.821. Just, uh, playing out the string that year to uh, come third last overall and select Gary Nyland in the entry draft. So, I mean, that, that puts in context that this is, this goaltending is 1980s proportion, which it's bad enough, but it's 1980s Leafs proportion for certain years, which is even worse. Well, that's, that's the thing. If it was era adjusted and they, if the save percentage was as bad as 80s goaltending, it'd be bad. But it's not even era adjusted. It's just a team going through it right now. They, they need to save uh, in the worst way. Gord, we talked so much about the officiating tonight. We talked so much about the goaltending. I feel like we should probably talk about the other 18 skaters. Great comeback. Did not like the game. I mean, uh, goaltending aside, did not like the game the way it started. But I thought once they kind of found their sea legs after that awkward start, I thought they really carried the play uh, to, to the Coyotes. And again, you give up five goals, you're not thrilled about it. But I don't think that that was necessarily indicative of the way the uh, the skaters played today. Well, I mentioned the different barometers I'm looking at because, again, there's not a battle for a playoff spot, which... Again, I talk about being a good thing if you're looking for at least being in the playoffs, but also you probably wouldn't mind a little bit of a battle for this team to try to you know try to keep them try to keep them a little bit on edge. So it was about finding ways to win. They didn't find a way to win tonight, but they found a way to get a point. 
and they were down 4-1, and they put the pressure on. They weren't fluky goals. You could kind of see it that uh, they they had the edge. You're wondering, I know Vimelka wasn't a goal this time. It was Wedgwood for Arizona, but would a superhuman human goaltending effort come into play? And uh, and good on the Leafs. That's the positive for coming out, rising from the ashes, and getting a point. Yeah, they surrender uh, four goals on the first 12 shots. They they give up, and then they, they go on to win the game from that moment on. But when you spot a team four goals, pretty, pretty tough to uh, to fight through that. Of course, another big storyline heading into this one. Quickly want to touch on it. Uh, they, re- they shook up the forward lines again, and it lasted all of a period and a half again. Nylander, Kerfoot, and Tavares, they were awesome down the stretch. Uh, if, if all they needed was a little wake-up call, uh, you know, a demotion for William Nylander, a, a demotion for Alex Kerfoot, foot whatever it takes because if they're going to play like they did in the third period uh that line is back to being a difference maker yeah i think it was more the willie nylander wake-up call because the inexcusable giveaway the other night so mm-hmm. you know that's that's what you do with willie and uh, uh he said early on hey you know what uh, i'm awake and you got nobody better to put on this the Tavares line <laughs> than me so sheldon keeps showing that you know in the object of trying to win the game he tries to put the best players out there not just send a message and it, and it worked out Yes, uh, yes, it did. Uh, it worked out uh, for them, and then overtime happened, and that did not work out for the Leafs. 5-4 is the final for the Coyotes. Leafs have a couple of days off, but something tells me there will be plenty to talk about. In the meantime, Leafs back at it on Sunday for the Heritage Classic in Hamilton against the Sabres. We will have that game for you right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Network. Thanks so much for listening to Leaf Station Post Game. 